0: history in our history ready to go yep Hey everybody and thanks for listening to the Mystery in Our History podcast where we take an in-depth look at all things urban legend and conspiracy theory related and how they came to be. I'm JR Supa and joining me as always is Chris Barry. Why, hello. So, this is the last episode in our alien series. It brings a tear to my eye. But I mean, it's it's the last episode for the alien series for now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there'll be
1: spinoffs and... Exactly. ...related theories.
0: Well, and we have some shorts that we may cover, too, that, you know, wouldn't have been a full episode, but we've covered a lot of information so far in this series, and uh, quite frankly, we've barely even scratched the surface uh, as, a, as far as alien lore and the history of aliens and their interactions with us Earthlings, um, allegedly. <laughs> but we're going to end this series... Um, with the ending to the Ilkley Moore alien and a visit from the Men in Black.
1: And joining us on, on, uh, on Skype is, is Will Smith <laughs> we, and we Tommy Lee, right? We don't
0: have Will Smith and Tommy <laughs> Lee Jones.
1: We discussed this. Uh, I thought you had them.
0: I reached out to their people. No one got back to me. <laughs> no response. No Weird. response. <laughs> so... As far as the Men in Black go, this is probably the part of alien lore that's the most shrouded in mystery. Uh, But we're going to pick up right where we left off last episode with the Ilkley Moore alien. And then we'll get into more encounters with the Men in Black um, and some speculation, etc. as we go on. So, in 1987, a policeman named Philip Spencer claims to have taken a picture of an alien being. Now, if this is true, it is one of the only few in existence. The scary, ilkly in Yorkshire, England would hold the secret of the strange creature encountered one early morning. Spencer was frightened, but he ran after the creature taking one photograph, and through hypnosis, again hypnosis comes back into play, he would recall an odd flying object and an alien abduction.
1: It, it's funny to me too, because like it's people like Spencer, it's it's people like uh, Sergeant Steelnuts from from yeah. last episode. Yep, balls um, of steel. these like, yeah, these servicemen who really have these encounters, it, it just kind of solidifies my belief in there. Because what do you gain from lying about this? You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not, you know, you're not going to get the fame you're looking for. Uh, I mean, you're going to be looked at like a like a crackpot. So mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah, I mean, it's not. Yeah. It's definitely not helping their careers in any way, shape, or form. Um, right. it, it may be like putting them in the spotlight or the limelight or whatever you want to call it for, you know, a, a short period of time, but it's definitely doing more harm than good to these people.
1: Right. Exactly. So,
0: yeah, I mean, what motivation do they have to come out and, and say this stuff? Now, again, I think as far as a lot of this aliens stuff goes, I think that's, this is definitely the most credible type of witness right a, a, you know, I agree an armed forces person or a uh, police officer of some sort like I think those are the most credible witnesses but at the same time like I, I just don't know because there's, there's so much
1: right and like credible to the point of like you know they're, they they're, no they're letting on right but they, they do have reason to be quiet if told so so it's like yeah. kind of one of those like uh,
0: yeah Well, this case was taken under further review by a well-known investigator named Peter Hugh. And the case um, concerning Philip Spencer, who, while visiting the Ilkley Moor in 87, um, claims to have seen a UFO take off on top of getting a picture and being abducted, like he's also now claiming we saw it take off. So he was allegedly abducted, allegedly, allegedly, (laughs) allegedly, but he was able to take a blurry yet compelling photograph of the alien being. Now, we'll obviously we'll throw this photograph up on YouTube for any of the people watching on YouTube. Um, And this is one of the only a few photographs taken of an alien considered legitimate by alien researchers.
1: So that's fair. Listen, again, going back to, like, the credibility credibility of of Spencer, that's fair. But, man, I pulled up this photo, and it it was kind of dog shit, if you ask me. Like, it could have been a potato, a rock, (laughs) like, anything for all we know. There is
0: clearer footage of Bigfoot.
1: Right, exactly. So, like, you know, I'm not, again, I'm not saying I don't believe him, but to say it's proof is pretty far-fetched. Yeah. It's kind of like... You remember the, uh, the leaky pipe making the, uh, the, the Jesus, uh, silhouette on the wall yes. and calling that the stigmata. It's just yeah. like, ah, yeah, it's, I don't it's,
0: know about that. it's definitely not, um, at first glance anyway, it's definitely not something that you can look at and go, that's definitely an alien. And as a result, we should believe in aliens. Right.
1: Right. That, yeah. I looked at it. It was just like, ah,
0: eh. Yeah.
1: But I've seen scarier pictures. Right. On on (laughs) on (laughs) 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 Reddit.
0: Now, Hugh's investigation uncovered the fact that Spencer suffered from missing time, which is a typical uh, component of alien abduction. Mm -hmm. And this fact was made known through his uh, hypnosis session. So Spencer unwillingly um, underwent medical testing while on the UFO, according to his recollection, and was warned by alien beings of pending of a pending disaster on Earth if we did not change our ways.
1: <laughs> I know, dude. These guys like keep telling us they have their best interest in heart. We're just frigging it up left and right. We're just I know, right? blowing yeah. each other up and nuking the skies. And they're just yeah. like, can you guys stop?
0: Now, additional details of the description of an alien being were also revealed. Spencer described them as being about four feet tall with large eyes, huge hands, a small mouth, and three fingers on each hand, which matched the f- uh, photograph that Spencer had taken on the moor in December.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it's funny because that description checks out uh, across other, like, first-hand descriptions, or first, uh, you right. know, first-hand you know, encounters. But again, if you were just like, uh, you know, that's what the picture's showing me, I'm just going to say, no way, dude. <laughs> exactly. I can't make out any of that in this picture. <laughs>
0: yeah it's like it's it's as far as the lore goes sure yeah but if you're looking at the picture like if you're telling me that his description checks out because this is what we're seeing in the picture come on (laughs) no dude not even close well it doesn't end there so spencer had a second encounter however this encounter was not with an alien um, about a month or so later, in January, Spencer would have a visit from the Men in Black. So on a Friday evening, Spencer heard a knock at his front door. He opened it and saw two men of middle age. They were dressed in typical Men in Black suits. So black suit, white shirt, black tie, sometimes black hat. Sunglasses, maybe. Right, ever you know, depending on the time of day, or not. Um, both men showed Spencer their, quote, Ministry of Defense identification badges. Uh, humorously, their names were Jefferson and Davis. I guess those are just, you know, those are just so generic.
1: Yeah, it, it, that can't be a coincidence either. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, those are definitely cover names.
0: Right. Also. Well, and, like, if you look at the movies, it's like where I'm Agent Smith and this is Agent Smith.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Also, they don't report to the Ministry of Defense. Come on. The Ministry of Defense reports to them please like they're above them or they don't even have oversight i was gonna
0: say like even if they're or if they're just in any kind of government thing like they could just be some weird like off the books thing right so spencer not knowing what to expect from the two visitors invites them inside because that's a logical thing to do yeah and the three sat down for a talk so one of the alleged agents Jefferson told him that they had come to discuss his encounter the month before in the Oakley Moor this took Spencer by surprise since he'd only told three people all civilians about what occurred that night in December
1: uh, that's so wild too because like, either somebody's like ratting on him or just like knew that he saw that mm-hmm. or rumors travel fast in Yorkshire so <laughs> it's like one of the three yeah. dude They're like what's yeah. going on there you know,
0: those, those English they like to gossip <clears throat>
1: <laughs> that, they want that juicy <laughs> gossip.
0: <laughs> well, so it turns out that two men were very well-versed in the case and asked him a number of questions about what happened in December and not sure how to react and also afraid to offend them because, according to them, they were government officials. Uh, he told them about the photograph he had taken.
1: Oh, man. Womp womp. Yeah. Like, know. why would you tell them openly? I, I wonder... However, like, since they knew about the encounter, I I wonder if they knew he had the pick, and they were just like kind of like testing his honesty, like kind of seeing like, is is this guy going to be forthcoming or do we got to drag this pick out of him? And what else do we need to drag out of him? Right.
0: So it's funny you say that because Spencer, not wanting to have the photo confiscated, now he chooses to lock it. Oh, come on, Spencer. (laughs) I know, right? He's like, oh, no, I took a photograph, but I don't have it. So he told them that he gave the photograph to a friend of his. And in fact, Hugh actually had the photograph and was having it analyzed at the time. So okay. it's not a lie, but it's also a lie.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a thinly veiled lie. Right. Yeah.
0: So, and almost immediately after hearing that, the two men seemed to just completely lose interest in questioning Spencer anymore.
1: Yeah. That's that's not a pick of a potato, dude. It's, that's what
0: I'm saying. Like,
1: you know, if they, if they just want that pick, it's not a giant rock or an oversized potato.
0: So if this is true, right? Like, if all right. of this is yeah. actually true and all of this went down the way it went down, according to them, then, yeah, that's... He got a picture of something.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So the two men from the quote ministry of defense left as quickly as they had arrived and it seemed that the two men in black even though they had knowledge of the oakley moore events did not realize that there had been a photo taken until spencer told them so according to spencer okay okay when they realized that the image of the alien was not immediately accessible to them they had no more business with spencer Jeez. yeah it-
1: yeah, that's that's so strange. All business with these two. Yeah. Uh, so, remind me to never invite some men in black
0: to a party. Like, oh, No, I, I don't wh- ever want to see anybody associated yeah. with them at, at any party. Tommy Lee? Never mind a party.
1: Sorry, buddy. Yeah. You got to stay home. <laughs>
0: Will Smith. Will Smith can stay home, but not because he was a men in black. He'd just stay home because of that friggin' terrible Aladdin performance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just stay going to hit him with that. Call it quits, that's bro. That's fair. I never saw it, but ooh, uh,
0: probably for the better. Well, a you tried to duplicate Robin Williams, and B the CGI was atrocious. Yeah, that sounds about off, right. Com- yeah, completely. Off topic, <laughs> anyway, the the MIB tends to show up without warning, uh, usually or almost always as a result of seeing of someone seeing or encountering a UFO, and once they start talking to people about the incident it draws the attention of once these people start talking about the, the encounter that they experienced it starts mm-hmm. drawing the attention of the men in black and they come around and start asking questions themselves i wonder so,
1: <clears throat> i wonder if they like sense that or if they just like get a report or like you know what i mean maybe like are they psych- like how do they know
2: like, the NSA. You know?
0: I mean, if they're a right? government organization, it's got to be, like, NSA-related, where, like, everything's tapped. They can just listen in on when I'm, like, talking to my Alexa. And But
1: but this you is 87, I mean. too.
0: Yeah, I remember. Well, uh, yeah, but at the same time, like, who's to say something? Phones weren't tapped or... Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, who's... You know what I mean? Maybe not as easily or as advanced, but if this is supposed to be some super-advanced government organization... Right, right who's to say they don't have that technology
1: (laughs) this is a tad off topic but a little bit on the two uh watching i'm I'm rewatching the x-files currently and uh, anytime someone shows up from the nsa and it's like you know it's early 90s show so they show up and you you're just like the fuck did these guys do back then like what was your job you weren't listening you weren't reading my emails you were listening to my uh my smartphone all day
0: (laughs) what is it that you do yeah like exactly All right, well, we're going to jump to Canada now. We're going to go from the UK to Canada. And there's actually a video that was captured of two men in black who allegedly entered a hotel in Canada and started asking questions about one of the hotel employees. And you'll see, again, if you're watching on YouTube, that photos. I have a still of those two men from that video um, coming in. Now... Go ahead.
1: Oh, God. I, uh,
0: Oh, you just inhaled I, I, really rapidly.
1: I goofed it, yeah. <laughs> Got me. I'm just goofing. Threw a deek.
0: All right, well, the stories say that the, in, the employee in question uh, had recently seen a UFO and had been telling others about his experience. And not long after, these two men show up at his place of employment. Now, lucky for him, they came in on his day off.
1: Yeah, uh, that's that's funny, too, because, like, you mentioned the video and like I've seen the video from like a while ago and like pulled it up even today just to like mm-hmm. refresh it. And like if it wasn't for these firsthand stories of the of the other employees, you would just think these are two guys like visiting for a funeral in town for a funeral kind of right. thing You know, they're just two guys in black. Yeah, suits. You
0: can't you can't tell anything from the footage other than it's just two guys in black suits. Yeah. But that's why we have witness accounts. Yeah, exactly. And according to the witness accounts, the men were asking people not only about the employee in question, but also about conspiracies in general. Now, they had, according to their description from these people that were questioned by them, they had no eyebrows or eyelashes, creepy, mm-hmm. uh, strange hypnotic eyes, heads that looked as though they were bald and being disguised by wigs, And their clothes seemed to be meant for fitting in, but somehow were just enough kind of out of place to raise the alarm bells in these people's minds. Now, these two men were definitely caught on camera. We have that footage. The question is whether they were a clandestine government agents, beings from another world in disguise, or simply the product of a clever hoax. But regardless of the answer, there is something hair-raising, pun intended, (laughs) (laughs) about the two men in suits walking into a hotel in the middle of the day and asking strange questions about one of their employees and then leaving as mysteriously as they came so um
1: I, i don't know if anybody's ever watched the show fringe back in the late 2000s in the early 2010 i might have
0: seen one or two episodes
1: um there there was a bald man who was very mib ish like the description is spot on. He was bald, no eyebrows, like had the suit going on. Mm -hmm. Um, and I never actually finished it. So I don't really know what his deal was, but like, again, it's just like, what, what are these guys? Are they disguised aliens? Are they time travelers? Like, who are they? Yeah. There's
0: well, but, and that's the thing about the, the men in black is that it's, there's so much just shrouded nothing. Right. Like you can have as many, like we're going to go through more stories, but like, There are no definitive answers.
1: We need to capture one. Yeah, there we go. Put out an MIB trap.
0: (laughs) Well, we're going to jump back across the pond now, if you will, to jolly old England. uh, Back in the 1960s. To um, Jim Templeton. And Jim took a photo of his daughter near Burr Marsh. Uh, in England, and before long, it made big news. Um, I don't. Some of you might have heard of this photo. It's called the Solway Firth Spaceman photo. If you search that, it's S-O-L-W-A-Y-F-I-R-T-H, Solway Firth. Um, and again, if you're on YouTube, you'll see a picture of it up on the screen. But it captures what looked like an unexplained figure dressed somewhat like an astronaut in the background of the picture he took from his daughter. Uh, Stranger than the photo is the experience that Templeton had shortly after he took it So he was at work when a car arrived with two men who claimed to be working for the government Yep, Red flags already
1: Right, exactly
0: Even though their badges pointed to no specific government agency Templeton agreed to get in the car with them and drive back to the marsh to answer their questions Because he's a smart man
1: right that's what i'm thinking it's like oh yeah no brilliant move <laughs> get in a car with two government officials yeah, who refuse no, to identify with themselves no
0: badges that actually say where they're from
1: right no branch nothing and then go to a marsh like come on man like i'd be afraid they were gonna feed me to gators and disappear like disappear much after yeah exactly like they got what they want out of me i'm, I'm gator food
0: yeah no witnesses <laughs> never leave witnesses that's, that's the motto. That's the exactly. motto when we play Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> <laughs> no
1: witnesses.
0: Even you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the questions were pretty strange, uh, apart from the expected ones, like where it had happened and where, uh, whether there were any other people around that witnessed it. They also wanted to know about the weather conditions at that time of day and the behavior of the animals in the area. And Templeton had told the men that the domestic animals in the area had seemed scared on the day in question and huddled together for protection. How many um, animals, domestic animals, are around this place is what I want to know. Like, you just see herds of, and like, I guess, I mean, it's England, and it's not like in the central city of like London or Manchester or anything like that. So, like, domestic animals could mean like a herd of sheep.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a weird one. But, but I I
0: thought that was just kind of weird like when I found that s- specific detail.
1: Yeah. It, it's 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 uh tying back to the the is it the the Ren- Rendlesham Forest? Yeah, Rendlesham is Forest. That, yeah, 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 the yeah, the, animal, the frenzy. animal frenzy and that's just it's so weird just
0: Yeah, I mean it, the themes... it came keep, off that vibe. Yeah, the themes keep popping up. And actually this is um taking place before Rendlesham Forest, too. So, you're right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, the themes keep happening, but it's still kind of weird. Yeah. But it was after stating this that the men became much more hostile towards Templeton. Evidently, they don't like when animals get frenzied. Yeah, right. And so now they started questioning the validity of his story. And of course, Templeton would not go to all the trouble to simply admit defeat even if his story wasn't entirely honest and claimed that he was indeed telling the truth as far as he knew it. oh <laughs> So the men seemed to be unconvinced and headed back to their car, and they drove off and simply left the baffled photographer in the dust to find his own way home.
1: Dude, that's so rude. Like, you don't even give the dude a ride home. Like, he's definitely Gator Chow at that got, point. He just
2: got picked
0: up, brought back to f- this... F- friggin place and, yeah right pissed off the guys that gave him a ride so they were like nah fuck you find your own way home dude
1: after hearing this like i would consider will smith and tommy lee jones coming to a party but those these other guys no thank you just oh, just assholes. and that's saying something you know
0: yeah i just i'd like i mean it's his own damn fault number one if he if he got in the car with them like it's his fault he got stranded but now here's the other thing is like you get in the car with these two guys, they bring you out here, and then they leave you. How do you prove that? Right, right. And it, how do again, you prove, this is... you know what I mean? Like, how do you prove that the men in black actually came and brought you? Like, did anybody see you get in the car with them and go? Did anybody, you know, see you while you were out there with them? Like, there's, I couldn't find any corroboration other than his story.
1: Right. And, and also, there's just no way to get anyone to come pick you up. There's not a payphone
0: at this marsh, yeah. I'm guessing. Well, let's talk about a men in black case from these United States. Yeah, just a little bit north. Just a little bit north of you and I in the great Mm -hmm. state of Maine, where Dr. Herbert Hopkins was working as a consultant on a UFO case. One evening, Dr. Hopkins received a call on the phone from someone purporting to be an activist in the ufo community asking him if he could visit hopkins to discuss the case and only minutes later the guy arrived
1: oh man i i i think i've heard this one before and if i'm thinking of it it's like creepy but like not in a fun way, like uh, like I mean it starts. You, I'm off definitely going to die. Way, yeah. yeah
0: it's, it starts off with, "Hey, can I? Do you mind if I come and talk to you about this case mm. you're working on?" Sure. Three minutes later, knock on the door. <laughs> yeah. So like, I guess... this person's clearly just like sitting outside this guy's house, and like was like waiting and just counting the seconds and being like, "Uh, yeah, it's enough time. We'll go knock on the door now." It's either that or he knew parents went home and he was ready to smash,
1: so. He <laughs> <laughs> was a whore Lightning, lightning speed. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> All
0: right. Um, so the man was wearing a black suit and tie and had a very um, unusual facial appearances. Uh, no hair or eyebrows again. Uh, an extremely pale figure. Hopkins' dog began barking erratically. Uh, The minute the man entered the home, after the bizarre visitor was finished questioning him about the UFO case, the visit got even stranger. And here is how it went according to the website The Night Sky. The man in black informed Hopkins that there were two coins in Hopkins' pocket, which was correct, and then asked him to remove one. Hopkins complied and held the coin, a shiny new penny, in the palm of his hand the man in black told hopkins to watch the coin closely after a few moment, moments 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 after a few moments after a few moments the coin took on a silvery appearance and then appeared to be going out of focus it then began to fade and eventually disappeared altogether the man in black informed hopkins that the coin would never be seen quote, "on this plane" end quote, "again" He then inquired as to whether Hopkins was familiar with alleged UFO abductee, Barney Hill. Remember Betty and Barney? There he is. Hopkins replied that he had heard of Hill, but was under the impression that he had died in the not-too-distant past. The man in black informed Hopkins that was correct. Barney didn't have a heart, said the MIB. Just like you no longer have a coin. It should be noted that Barney Hill actually died of a cerebral hemorrhage. But, the man in black then gently suggested that Hopkins destroy any material he had related to the UFO case.
1: Jeez, dude, like, speak no further. I- I'm over here, like, yeah, okay, uh, you got it. Like, I don't need another demonstration. Right. Can I maybe make the fire right here in my living room? Will yeah, the smoke you like bother watch you? Me burn it. Yeah, like I know you don't have eyelashes, so we'll just, uh, you know, take cover there. But um, damn, dude, it's just like. I didn't know. Also, I didn't know that they spoke to him about um, about Hill. Like mm-hmm. that's a whole nother level of yeah. like, like, oh, he what the used, hell?
0: He used Hill as a scare tactic. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Now, and I, I imagine because of the difference in his uh, analogy and the way Hill actually died, I'm assuming he was not involved in Hill's death, or was not involved with Betty or Barney Hill at all as far as the men in black goes. But I think he was just making a statement, like making a point. Maybe. Like, listen, this guy's dead, and he was a big UFO guy, so you need to shut up.
1: As far as we know, anyway.
0: Right. Yeah. Now Hopkins, obviously extremely shaken by the encounter, as I'm sure any of us would be, followed the advice of the man and burned all the files he had related to the case
1: smart man kind, yeah <laughs> kind of a bitch
0: move but i'm sure i would have done the same thing oh 100 <laughs> percent now while he had repeated phone troubles after this incident and the phone company said his line had been tampered with hmm, maybe tapped maybe but he never saw the man again
1: that's so weird that's so weird um yeah dude I like I ain't messing with that like no. the penny trick that's that's good enough for me yeah that that would
0: have been that would have been plenty to just say listen what do you want me to do?
1: yeah that's obviously something supernatural and just no thank you I mean I ain't messing with you anymore
0: that yeah. that one that one gets me like that one's just creepy yeah I agree you know what I mean I agree like, I did not. I did not care for that during like, during the research part of it, during the actual reading of it. That was one of those that kind of just was like, eh. Yeah. So let's get into something a little more um, fun in nature, I think. Um, and the only reason I say that is because we're going to talk about Dan Aykroyd. Hey, Dan yes, Aykroyd. Because evidently Dan Aykroyd had a run-in with the men in black yeah yeah it's on top of other things i mean right so dan Aykroyd has come forward with his story about how he was taping a show about the paranormal he stepped out to take a phone call from britney spears according to him (laughs) (laughs) which i guess i mean at the time sure why not Yeah. who was asking him to appear on saturday night live with her, and he noticed um, a black Ford parked across the street. A tall man stepped out of the Ford and stared him down. Ackroyd turned away for a moment, and then he turned back to find that the man and the car had completely vanished.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, he just phased into the other plane, and that's just going to be my new blanket excuse for everything. It's like, can't find that sock match in the laundry? Well, Men in Black zapped it to another dimension. They're, they're on to me.
0: Right, exactly. They heard me talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was actually a interview, like television interview conducted with Dan Aykroyd, uh, where he discussed this particular interaction. So we're hmm. going to play a few minutes from that for you now, and uh, then we'll come right back.
2: And, um... Uh... I was outside and Britney Spears called me because she wanted uh, me to be, appear on Saturday Night Live with her. And so I picked up, I was outside having a cigarette, the phone rang. Uh, I, I, Oh Britney, how you doing? Oh, sure, of course I will. I turned away like this. I turned back and there was a black Ford across the road, a black Ford sedan. And I, I was trying to look at the plate and the plate seemed kind of like fuzzy. And I was, you know, definitely a police car. And two guys were there and a big, big, tall guy got out of the back seat. And he stood in the street. On, um, on 42nd Street it was. We, we were at 42nd Street and 8th Avenue. And he looked right at me. And literally, I mean, I was on the phone. Hey, oh, sure, of course I'd like the show. Saw the Ford, went back like this, turned back like a half second later, and it was gone. And that car did not go past me. It did not make a U-turn, because I would have seen 42nd Street. I would have seen that thing take a U-turn and go away. That car vanished. That car was a cloaked vehicle of some type. And whether this was like a warning to me, because the guy cut out of the back seat, give me a real dirty look. That car vanished. I know what I saw. And, uh, you know, I, I, it, was, it was just this fast. It was, oh, hi, Brittany. Sure. Oh, of course, I'd love to. Do-. Guy gives me a dirty look. Oh, well, sure. Car gone. That's what happened. And uh, then two hours later, uh, we were told we were not to continue taping, and the show was canceled, and none of them would air. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Was that, uh, was that an MIB experience, you know, black helicopters, uh, you know, military uh, abductions that happen sometimes people are taken and they talk about then being visited by, you know, military personnel and re- debriefed about their abduction? Was it, you know, was it a technology associated with some of these beings that are visiting that wanted to warn me off or that wanted to give me verification that I was on the right track? I don't know. But I do know I, I did... I did turn back a second later and I you know it takes so long for a automobile accelerating from 0 to 40 miles an hour to reach the corner of 8th Avenue and 42nd Street going past me and then pulling a U-turn and going out towards Times Square I would have seen that car and I looked around I mean, I was looking for that then it was gone so um, I, I don't know the tapes exist I have them we're going to try to repackage and we might put them out on DVD
0: so as Ackroyd said After he finished his phone call, he returned to the studio to learn that his show had been canceled. And then he was ordered to stop filming immediately.
1: (laughs) Jesus, what was he making, Firefly? (laughs) Christ, that was quick. Right?
0: (laughs) And like, you know, and he said, I want to somehow get this out there, whether it's on YouTube or whatever. But, I mean, essentially you're saying, you know, he essentially... There's, there's a lot of doubts about Aykroyd and right. you know his claim that he was involved with the Men in Black in some way. But as you heard Aykroyd, Aykroyd say, quote, he knew what he saw, you know, and yeah. so that yeah. maintains he's maintaining that there was some kind of connection between those guys, the Men in Black that he saw and the end of his paranormal show.
1: No, I, I'm going to go on like a, a small tirade here, but sure, I, like people usually joke about how Dan Aykroyd destroyed his own career. Uh, it went crazy over nothing, but honestly, I really just don't buy it. Um, and, and the reason why I say that is why would he knowingly talk about something like this? Uh, knowing pretty much damn well, it's going to ruin his career when he knows people don't want him talking about it. Right. So again, what what's the motive that he has for this destroying his own career? Um, it's it's almost unheard of now. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's funny because, like, again, I bet he really saw something uh, and something that they didn't want him yapping about. Because yeah, I mean, been it, shown... it had to
0: be like in the research or something that he was doing for that show.
1: Exactly, exactly. And like, you can see examples of it now of somebody basically going and I, I'm saying this word for lack of better term, but going crazy mm-hmm. um, in Hollywood and still come back. Uh, Amanda Bynes was one of them. Uh, she suffered a schizophrenic break and aired it all out on Twitter from in 2012. Yeah. She went, Um, she
0: went pretty off the deep end.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, people were making fun of her and they're like, Oh, she lost her mind and and, like really going in hard on her. And then it turns out she was schizophrenic. Um, so she's taken some time out of the spotlight about six years now. And just Mm -hmm. last year in 2018, um, she's just starting to come back, had an interview about how she's excited to get back into acting and all that kind of stuff. So it really does show you can just come back yep. and again, you know, love him or hate him Kanye West is one of those people. Hate um, him. I, I, you know, a lot of people do. And I understand. I <laughs> personally is, love I him. Such an ass. I know. I get it. I, the, yeah. I, I completely understand that one. But again, he's been diagnosed with bipolar disorder mm-hmm. and took almost all of he 2017. Has. Yeah. Uh, all of twenty seventeen, he he took off from doing tours, making music. He basically stepped out of the the, the spotlight that entire year. Came back mid two thousand eighteen, did did like a, a small small uh, album, if you will. It's all I think it's an EP technically. Um, but basically, he started taking better care of himself, both physically and spiritually. Um, but you know, like again, it's just like Acroid we just call him a crackpot and, and he's virtually yeah. unheard of today i mean he's still doing cameos here and there but nothing to the extent of like
0: you know dr stance and
1: ghostbusters
0: right he's not yeah. he's not who he once was
1: yeah it's just so and weird to me
0: and there's no point in him like ruining his career because his career was not going great when he had this paranormal show it wasn't right. like it was the 80s and he was you know one of the ghostbusters it, it, this is like Dan Aykroyd not really getting a whole lot of phone calls and he's got yeah. this paranormal show that he wants done. And he just he's sells tequila normal, now. Right. It's... Exactly. But you know, going back for a second on a, on a completely different tangent, um, have you ever watched on Netflix uh, David Letterman's new show that he has on Netflix?
1: No. I think no. it's called
0: My Next Guest. Yeah. Yep. Very good show. There's an episode with Kanye West.
1: I was actually reading about that when I was doing the research on him. It's
0: so, it's so bad and so good all at the same time. Yeah. Because because Letterman is such a professional. Like he is a, such a professional interviewer, right? Mm-hmm. So like Kanye West is up there and he's talking and Letterman's getting him to open up about a bunch of stuff and talk about the bipolar, talk about all this stuff. And then, and I don't remember exactly how it went down, but either Letterman made a joke or somebody in the audience made a joke that Kanye didn't like.
1: Yeah, that sounds right. Because,
0: because you could see Kanye's face and you could see Kanye was trying to... Kanye West, outside of music, is that kid that like may, like wants to be cool and make fun of people and then the second he gets made fun of, he like he's not turns having fun and, right he's not having fun and so you see this like if you watch mm-hmm. that episode you'll see this happen you can actually look at his face and watch him deteriorating mm-hmm. and then but letterman is so good that he like was able to nip it in the bud and just bring him to a whole different subject matter to like sweep it under the rug and yep. if he didn't it would have been a disaster
1: yeah no i I agree i agree and you know that's just uh that's unfortunately the yeah. the the sad reality of having a disorder like that too it that could i i mean i know you can naturally be like that obviously just being that kid is just like oh don't make fun of me that's not funny but like <laughs> you know that also comes with the territory of, right. of the disease but so that has like, that
0: has nothing to do with what we we're talking about it. it was just something that i'd yeah i'd bring up I highly recommend that episode if not the whole okay. show
1: I'll check it out. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm a fan, so I'll, I'll I'll check them out.
0: But there are countless other stories um, out there about the Men in Black. I mean, there's there's just like everything else in Alien lore, there's too much for us to cover, um, especially just in one episode.
1: Yeah, you could really just talk about it forever.
0: Right. But, I mean, there's, there's everything from radio personalities um, harassed by, quote, journalists for talking about UFOs. Um, UFO researchers harassed at home by the real men in black, you Mm -hmm. know, very similar to Hopkins. Um, You know, the stories of these encounters are, again, too numerous to list all of them. And just like the rest of Alien lore, just, you know, uh, shrouded in mystery.
1: Yeah, it's like not only is there so much, but there's so many different accounts and different topics even with it just... Right, it's like sub pockets (laughs) yeah
0: and you know depending on who you ask uh, the men in black are either another nutty UFO conspiracy or they're a part of a secret government agency that are designed to prevent the public from learning about UFOs or in some cases they're actual aliens disguised as humans to try and remove the memory of them being spotted because they like fell asleep at the wheel or something and remove the memory of the person who actually saw that yeah but the men in black always appear unannounced they're always usually clad in black business suits um, and they warn people to give up their research on ufos or usually they're going to have to face uh, dire consequences Um, and in many cases the men in black have also seen aliens in some accounts and they're or you know again they're aliens themselves or some form of demonic supernaturals
1: right yeah it's to me i just chalk it up as like the men in black are just it's basically just the the cigarette man from x files like it's just you're getting too close to the truth and we got
0: it we got to cut that shit out now exactly or if you look at our logo that i mean that's that's the men in black yeah you know that's that's why we picked that logo
1: Pick that logo for the men in
0: black, and we we pick that font for the X
1: Files. (laughs) God, I
0: love that show. It is a really good show. So, but now the question is really, why would the government want to suppress information about UFOs? Right? Yeah. Well, the theory, the, the mainstream theory is it's because aliens are closer to us than you think, they might actually be everywhere much like now the men in black movies um mm-hmm. suggest um and if ordinary citizens realize just how real the quote-unquote threat was uh there would be mass panic and a breakdown of the social order <laughs> i got a I mean, joke here that's that's a little far-fetched for me but
1: i get it <laughs> if you ever see uh, somebody walking around looking like johnny knoxville asking for sugar water you ask some questions <laughs> Sugar. Sugar water. water. God. Sugar. Water. God, dude. There, there are people who, like, theorize that there are, like, human-alien hybrids just, like, walking amongst us now. It's just yeah, such a deep rabbit hole.
0: That's not a rabbit hole we're going down today. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that is, that's a lot. That's a lot to get into. Yes, it is. Um, now, some folklorists claim that the whole idea of the Men in Black Is itself a form of mass panic or psychological drama due to suggestibility and the willingness to believe in aliens um others however insist the men in black are part of a real government agency and it's designed to prevent the public from learning quote the truth about ufos end quote
1: yeah and like that's the thing is like we'll leave that up to you guys to decide My goal here, and I'm sure as well as Jr's goal here, is to provide you guys with different accounts, the facts that are known, information that's just kind of known, and you guys make your own decisions, you know, that's the the whole thing.
0: Absolutely. And to that, um, that's where we are going to leave you this week, because that is all for this week's episode and for our Alien series, at least for the time being. So thank you all very much for listening. If you have any urban legends or conspiracy theories that you think we should cover, feel free to email us at the number four network at gmail.com. Please make sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Click the like and subscribe buttons on YouTube on the Four Guys Media Network page, or check us out on SoundCloud by searching M-I-O-H pod, all one word. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time on the Mystery in Our History podcast. See ya.